This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Yelton, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General John McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Um, you want to do a few for real and for gazes, John? Absolutely. People love this segment. For real and for gazy, I've got a bunch of statements in front of me here that I'm going to read to John as if they are fact, that John agrees with them. He thinks they are. Uh, he agrees with the, the premise, the opinion, the fact, whatever it may be. He says for real. If I read this to him and he thinks it's silly, it's dumb, it's false, he doesn't agree with it, he says? Fugazi. Fugazi. It is Italian for counterfeit or fake. So that's, we call this segment for real or Fugazi. So let's get this baby started. Um, John, as you know, Aaron Rodgers was giving some harsh critiques of the Jets' sideline conduct on the Pat McAfee show earlier this week. For real or Fugazi, it's totally fine that Aaron Rodgers is giving critiques of his team from 3,000 miles away in Malibu. I don't have a problem with it based on watching all the hard knocks and how everybody looked up to him and how hard he worked to try to ingratiate himself. And maybe Robert Sala asked him to do something like that because it kind of the message sometimes gets old when it's the same every day for the same people. So I don't think it'll help. It's not all of a sudden going to make Zach Wilson into a good, competent quarterback. And he probably should have called uh, Joe Namath and said, Joe, can you cool, cool the Jets a little bit when you're ripping us? Although what he said about Wilson, everybody feels. John, the segment is for real or Fugazi. It's not John talks about it for a long time or Fugazi. Is it for real? For real. For real. Yeah. Okay, there you I go. forgot. I thought I said for real. <laughs> you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah, that's, okay. that's all right. That's all right, John. I forgive you. Um, so let's do the second one. Okay, J.J. Watt going to the Ring of Honor this weekend. We know eventually J.J. Watt is going to go into the Hall of Fame. You're part of that whole process. I would imagine first ballot. We'll see. For real or Fugazi, J.J. Watt goes into the Hall of Fame before Andre Johnson goes into the Hall of Fame. Fugazi, I sure hope he doesn't. That means four more years that Andre would not get in. And I, I presented Andre in his first two years of eligibility, and he and Reggie Wayne and Torrey Holt just cancel each other out. And I hope we can break that long jam, and I don't care which one of them it is first as long yeah. as Andre gets in because I believe it. I'm trying to change my strategy a little bit for the presentation in January. Mm. And I think Watt will be much easier when the time comes. But I tell you, I just feel awful if Andre is not in before J.J. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think he gets in every year that he's been eligible. I thought he's had a chance to get in. John, after you presented Andre both of these times, 
either of them, did you feel like, okay, he's getting like, did, did you have a gut feeling either time that you presented Andre for the hall of fame? Or is it really hard to read the room when you're doing that? No, you can't read the room. Nobody yeah. says anything negative. Yeah. And uh, I know all the presentations for each of those receivers is really good. And they all got great numbers and probably all deserve to be in there. And I'm going to quit hit, hitting the voters over the head with the quarterbacks, with the receivers and running backs and offensive linemen and coaches that they had. Both of them had two uh, Hall of Fame coaches. Andre is not, not to mention the players he played with, but everybody knows it. So I'm going to try some different angle and hopefully he'll get in. He's been very patient. He's been great. And the better he is about it, the guiltier I feel. The, um, do you, are you allowed to use video in your presentation, John, or is it just po like PowerPoint? You, a lot of people put videos in there, not on that. They send them out. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't do that. I've never okay. used a video. I think words and statistics and testimonials are more powerful than videos because you can make a highlight video out of uh, Austin. Now, maybe not Austin Daculus, but Rex Bleeping Burkhead, you can make a good highlight reel for him. Super Bowl yeah. rings. Say Chargers game, you could. I mean, but there are plays that Andre has made that I think very few human beings on earth could make. You know what I mean? Like, you send them the video of the play against Arizona back in, I think, 2009, where he had like four guys bounce off of him at the goal line and he ran it in for a touchdown. Just send that on a loop. And as our producer James is telling us in the chat, just send them, send them a video of Andre beating the piss out of Cortland Finn again. That and, would probably put him over the top, although I've already what I'm talked saying. about you're gonna, that. You're going to change it up, John, and go Every for it. Every one of them has seen that Cortland video. <laughs> it's it's Honestly, they should it should be in the Louvre. Honestly, it should be. And, and they should replace the statue of the two bulls outside the West Concourse at NRG Stadium with a statue of Andre beating the snot out of Cortland Finnegan. I would be there for that. I would cut the <laughs> ribbon for that one, John. All right, let's do, let's do a few more of these. Um, Let's do some Astros, John. You mentioned the Astros. Uh, they beat the Seattle Mariners last night, 8-3. to three, So they still control their own destiny for the postseason. They would not have controlled their own destiny had they lost that game last night. Pereira Fugazi, that was the biggest regular season win for the Astros since 2015. I think that's for real. They needed it for just the reasons that you said. And, uh, boy, it was clutch. You know, they, they're starting pitching. Fromber was terrible, just like Javier. They can't even get to the fifth inning, but Verlander was brilliant. So now I can't wait to see what they do at Arizona. It's hard to pull for the Rangers, and it's hard to pull for the Mariners, and they play each other in four for four games. Okay, so along those lines, let, I'm, I was going to do a follow-up for Real or Fugazi with you because those two teams play four starting tonight. So tonight is sort of the extra game. This is a game where the – after tonight, all three teams, Astros, Rangers, Mariners, will have played the same number of games. They'll each have three games left on the season. So tonight, if the Rangers win, then the division is pretty much out of reach for the Astros because the Rangers will be up at three games. But the Mariners will also be behind by two games. And you really, like, it, it becomes highly probable the Astros are at least in the dance in the postseason. However... If the Mariners win tonight, we wake up on Friday morning where, okay, well, the division looks kind of possible still because you got the tiebreaker with the Rangers, right? Uh, it, but but the Mariners are nipping at your heels. You're, you're in closer danger of missing the postseason, but you also are closer to winning the division along those lines. For real or Fugazi, John, you are rooting for the Rangers to win tonight. 
that would that would that would virtually clinch at least a playoff spot for the Astros, but the division would be out of reach probably. Yeah, I'd say that's for real because I just want to see them get in the playoffs. I don't want to see them have the home advantage because they've stunk it up at Minute Maid Park and they've been great on the road. So I want them to get in and have to go on the road for two out of three, then three out of five, then four out of seven. Are you telling me you're one of these people that thinks it'd be better they play a wild card round on the road instead of winning the division and getting to skip the wild card round altogether? And having like, to play at home, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think they're going to win the division. I don't think they got a prayer to win the no, division. No, but no, but if they had a chance to win the division, would you rather they win the division, sit around, but they're you know, but they've got well, a home? Of course, game. if they had a legitimate chance, they'd okay. say, yeah, but I don't think they got a legitimate chance. Gotcha. John, there are people out there. I'm glad you're not one of them. There are people out there that would just rather they get the wild card instead of win the division because that means that they're, you know, they, they, hey, we go on the road and we'll be, and we'll, we'll be, we won't have the home field advantage in any of these future rounds. You know what I mean? Like if they win the division, they're going to start the ALDS at Minute Maid Park in game one. But if they're a wild card team, they go on the road for every series. And people actually would rather play an extra round of the playoffs just to make sure that the Astros don't have home field advantage. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. I'm beside myself about this. When I look and see how they stunk it up at home at home this year, if they play, if they have a home advantage in every series, I think they'll lose. Do you you really think it's like it's it's They're it's something terrible? About, no, terrible. I know, John. I know what the record. I know it's that, mental. It's, it's mental. Yeah, I know, but it's mental, which tells me like that this team can flip a switch. You know, like I I feel like I, I feel like some of it has been they're just not that focused when they're at home this year. I think they're going to be focused in the postseason. Yeah, like Frommers flipped a switch and Javier's flipped a switch. I don't. I haven't seen anything uh, from any starting pitcher that gives uh, me any confidence in them other than Verlander. That's fair, but the hitting's been bad, been worse at home too, and I think the hitters are going to be just fine. Anyways, okay, so you're rooting for the Rangers tonight. I can I can get with that, just get in the postseason. Um, last one, um, Hector Neris came off the mound after striking out Julio Rodriguez last night, and it turned into a bench clearer. Um, reportedly, not reportedly, uh, but in 2022, as I'm sure you know, Julio Rodriguez hit a home run off to Hector Neris and liter it. literally celebrated going all the way around the bases. There's a lot of speculation that last night's dust-up from Neris was the receipt for that last year. For real or Fugazi, a year and change is a totally appropriate amount of time to hold a grudge. Gazy. And he, according to Eugenio Suarez, he called him a homophobic slur yeah, in Spanish. Yeah. And baseball will investigate that. Mm -hmm. Hopefully he's not going to get suspended during the season. It would be next season. There's no guarantee he's even going to be here. He's got a player option on his contract yeah. and they better keep him because he's been outstanding. And uh, it's too bad he didn't go Andre Johnson on uh, on uh, Julio oh, Rodriguez. Yeah, oh, that it might have been the other way around. Yeah, if I'm taking Rodriguez. I'm taking the young guy in that fight, John. So, <laughs> uh, uh, all right, two more, John. Um, Josh McDaniels is the odds-on favorite to be the first head coach fired this season, plus 150 on the odds boards in Vegas. For real or Fugazi, Josh McDaniels will be the first head coach fired this season. Uh Gazy because I don't think he'll be fired during the season with the issues he's got at quarterback with the injuries. Brandon Staley has a team that should be good. Great offense, great quarterback, does some stupid things. Everybody wants him fired. So it wouldn't surprise me after the season, both of them get their pink slip. McDaniels is not. I don't think either one of them is cut out to be head coach. They're both coordinators. McDaniels is one of the all-time greatest 
coordinators because he had Tom Brady. But Staley, I think he only had one or two years as a coordinator, and he's not Mike Tomlin. So I would say Staley's going to go before because if they don't make the playoffs, they're a bigger disappointment. You think Staley could go during the season, John? Nah, I don't. Somebody I'm sure will, but it had to be somebody that, you know, go, that that starts like one in five or six or something like that. But usually you got to have somebody on your staff you like a lot. Haven't seen in Nathaniel Hackett. By the way, yeah. Hackett didn't call plays in Green Bay. Yeah. So he gets a head coaching job. Now he's calling plays with the Jets. Yeah. Why does anybody think Nathaniel Hackett is a good play caller? I don't know. Rodgers could have called his own plays because they're yeah. good friends and Hackett, uh, they're really tight. But I'm wondering why in the world, other than Rodgers wanted him, do they think he's going to be able to do a good job calling plays for anybody? John, Nathaniel Hackett should be chipping off a brick of his paycheck each week, like a mob, <laughs> like a mob soldier and giving it to Aaron Rodgers. He, he, in Green Bay, he was, you know, Aaron Rodgers liked him. Aaron Rodgers didn't even say the guy's a good coach. He said he just enjoyed playing for him. <laughs> and then they hired him in Denver because they think he'll be able to lure Aaron Rodgers to Denver. He doesn't. And they wind up, okay, now we got to have this guy coaching cornball Russell Wilson here for a year. He gets fired after one year. Then they bring him to the Jets so they can get Aaron Rodgers to New York. And Rodgers goes out for the season after four plays. Like he's gotten these last two gigs presumably made a ton of money uh, from the Broncos. I'm assuming because he got fired one year into a head coaching contract. I'm guessing he gets all his money from that head coaching contract, I would think. And so he's made a ton of money for basically being somebody that Aaron Rodgers enjoys being around because Aaron Rodgers doesn't enjoy being around almost. It feels like it doesn't enjoy being around a lot of people that this is the rare dude that Aaron Rodgers actually likes to hang out with that he has gotten two pretty nice gigs, a head coaching job fired after one year. And then the OC job for the New York jets pl calling plays. And Rogers is coming back. So he's guaranteed to have a job again next year. I got her for real or for Gazy for you. Okay. Give me you ready. Yeah, I'm ready. The Texans are very fortunate. They did not get Bryce young and Sean Payton. <laughs> that, that is as real as it gets that Isn't is it? for real as it gets. Yeah. Bryce Young, 40 to 1 to win offensive rookie of the year right now. CJ Stroud's the favorite at two and a half to one. And John, wouldn't you love to see Peyton lose to the Bears? Yes. John, I want to see Sean Peyton lose. I the, the, if, if I could pick, I can pick one team to go 0 and 17 this year. It would I you know what? This says something because the, the Browns obviously can't go 0 and 17. They've won a couple games. Well, let's just call it if I could pick one team to lose the rest of their games the Texan fan in me should pick the Browns to be that team because the Texans have their first round pick. I think I would sacrifice that to watch the Denver Broncos go 0 and 17 <laughs> to watch Russell Wilson. And they have Jared Stidham too, who I like, I like Jared a lot. And Tad Brown, his father-in-law is a good friend. The thing is, if they're really bad these next several weeks, Jared's going to wind up starting for them probably at some point. I don't like a lot of the things about Sean Payton, even the things he did in new Orleans and then I noticed last week they pointed out before the Miami game when he was with Fox, he was taking some shots at Tua. Yeah. And Tua would never comment, but you know Tua like running it up the way they did. And uh, so, and then after he interviewed here on uh, on Zoom, and the Texans always conduct the first interview on Zoom and then bring people in they like for interviews, 
he didn't like the fact that they didn't fly him in. And then he let his good buddy, Colin Coward, who he made appearances with, rip the Texans. So yeah. uh, every bad things that happens to Sean Payton, I'm all for it. I am all for it as well. John, last one. Last for real or for Gazy. For real or for Gazy, John McClain has at least five Taylor Swift songs on his iPhone. Fugazi. I don't have any songs on my iPhone. You don't have a single song, John. Not one single song. Really? Do you like Taylor Swift? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. My favorite, okay. my all-time favorite song of hers is Shake It Off. Mm-hmm. I'll bet it is. Uh yeah. It's how about the coverage that's getting, John? I feel like we should I, I think it's great. I I feel like we should have probably talked about her more on this podcast so that the search engine optimizations pick it up and all the Swifties start listening to the Utopia football podcast. I wish that uh, she would come visit me and I could get 500,000 uh, uh, followers. followers increased by 500,000. And the NFL, for New York, the Jets, the Chiefs, she'll be there. There's going to be so many new oh. fans watching that game. They won't have a clue what's going on. But every time they show her, and I hope she's where they can see her, yeah. that she's not disappeared somewhere. But she's probably getting a kick out of this. Oh yeah, and uh, so I'm I'm hope they have a lot of fun. Travis Kelsey's a very lucky man, and uh, she lives in New York, so I don't know if he'll have any time to spend with her because he's busy all through uh, the night, and I doubt they're going to let him miss the charter for her and not come back to Kansas City. But I can't wait to see it, and I'm gonna. I have no interest in watching the Jets for any reason, but I'll watch it, and I'll be because it's going to be a blowout. But I'll yeah. be looking for Taylor Swift just like everybody else. John, who knew? If someone had told you a year ago that the thing, the two biggest things driving interest in football right now are Deion Sanders at the college level and Taylor Swift at the NFL level. What a world we live in now, man. I would have had a better time believing Deion than not Taylor Swift. But, man, oh, man, just think if she decided to date somebody in soccer, it'd be the same way. By the way, got to congratulate the Dynamo. They beat Inter Milan without Messi for some some tournament they won. So good for them. But uh, uh, I think we're all Swifties. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. My daughter's a huge Swiftie, John. She's very happy for Taylor. That she seems to. She's happy that Taylor's happy, basically, is, is, uh, is what it is. She's she's my go-to for any sort of Taylor Swift intel that I need. My daughter, Judy. <laughs> so that relationship's not built to last. All of her relationships have not lasted.